Fangirl Fridays. I'm Natalie. And I'm Marin. Hi, guys. Get ready to talk about some milfs. Marin, show some respect. <laughs> These are grown women. They are ladies. Guys, we are continuing our series, Not a Regular Mom, Cool Moms of TV. How are you doing today, Marin? Um, well, I have the Mentos theme song in my head, so it's been the Fresh Maker. Yes, it's been a it's been a challenge, but it's also I feel like it's like put me in the right vibe to do the podcast today. Um, How are you? Good. You just said you were mucusy. Yeah, I mean that's fine. No big deal. (laughs) Um, On the way here, I was listening. Like I was trying to stay awake in traffic. Uh It's running late. Seems vital. And I ended up listening to a classic. Uh, Banga Boys, we like to party. Do they have another song? Yes, they do. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do um, remember that. Uh-huh. But it, I got a flashback during it mm-hmm. to a church camp I went to in middle school. It was playing We Like to Party. No, no. okay, we're not playing it. Although one boy did lip sync Blue. Ooh, that has nothing to do with it. Okay. But these two girls made up a dance routine to it and Uh performed it for my friend and I. Were you jealous? Because that seems like something you would want to do. No. I don't think I was familiar with the song, Mm. so that's why when I hear it, I think of Camp Adventure. (laughs) Shout out to Camp Adventure. (laughs) The stories I could tell of church camp. That would be a good podcast. Church camp stories? Or just camp stories. Oh, yeah. People got a lot of them. Yeah. Traumatizing. Um, very traumatizing. Um, okay, should we should we jump into it a little bit? Yeah. Um, okay, so last week we covered some of our classic, some of our favorite housewives, um, and kind of how they slowly began to break free from the stereotype. Um, and then when, at the end of it, we were sort of flowing into the late Florence Henderson, um, and we're going to start basically right there with Flo. But... You're always, you're always you see cramping it coming my every style. time. I know, but listeners. you're always cramping my style. Yeah. But before we talk Brady Bunch, what are you fangirling over? Well, I feel like I feel like you should go first. I feel like you should talk because I feel like what we are actually fangirling over is something we're fangirling over okay. together. Okay. And I want us to I want us to do it together. So what are you fangirling mm. over? Um I'm feeling fangirling over Get Out. Have you seen it yet? I have not seen it yet. Well. Please leave the room. <laughs> this is my show now. Fan girl. Fan Friday. Girl Friday. <laughs> um, let's get out. I mean, I know what it is, but I want you to explain it to people. I'm not going to explain it to people. You got to see it and be shocked and applaud and love it. Well, first of all, Jordan it's, Peele's yeah. movie. Mr. Very proud of Mr. him. Mr. Chelsea Pretty, my love's husband. Mr. Chelsea Pretty. Mr. Chelsea Pretty is killing it. One half of Key and Peele. Yeah. The Peele part. Just see it. I know. Like a thriller, a little bit of a horror movie. Would I like it? Um, Is it but too yes, scary for you, me? I completely think you can handle it. Thank you. It's good. Great. Um, Is guys. it in national release? Like, are we telling yes. people? Oh, really? Okay. Because I knew it was very like LA for a while, but now you could see it anywhere. All movies are very LA. You know what I mean? But like, you know, it's like kind of artsy. Like, I wasn't sure if you could see it at like your local. Yeah, it's nationwide. AMC. Okay. So. So just go see it. Yeah, go That's see all you it. got. That's all I want to say. Okay. Like, go see it. Then we'll talk about it. Okay. Yeah. Send us an email. No spoilers. Natalie wants to know. Um, Okay. But what I am fangirling is actually something we are fangirling over. So excited about it. So part one of our fangirling is we just got into the new show on FX called Feud. Um, It's 
Ryan Murphy's latest show, and Ryan Murphy does, you know, American Horror Story, American Crime Story. Scream Queens. Scream Queens. He did Glee, Popular, Nip Tuck, like incredibly prolific TV producer and writer. But so Feud is about, the first season is about Joan Crawford and Betty Davis and their fight while they were making Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. So it's just like too many good things. It's a gift. It's too many good things all at once. We love it. We actually like... We have a side piece podcast. Side piece podcast. If you haven't seen it on our Instagram. Yes, called The People versus Ryan Murphy. Thank you. Um, And so we're starting with Feud. We're covering it. If you guys can't get enough about these lovely voices every week, (laughs) um, then you can listen to us on Tuesdays as well. But you can talk about the second part of what we were like lost our shit over last week about all of this. So we got in touch with someone named... Michael Westmore, if you haven't heard of him, he is a makeup artist, mostly known for Star Trek productions, but he's yeah. worked on crazy amazing films. Like Rocky, Raging Bull, Mask. Yeah, with Cher. Yeah. He knows Cher. It, like, Since Sonny and Cher, yeah. too. And he was very casual about it and lovely. He's, he oh, has an Oscar. We saw He has it. Emmys. So many. But we um, got to go to his house. Yeah. And interview him. And he comes from... A long line of makeup artists in the Westmore family. Mm-hmm. And so he has a lot of great stories about the Betty and Joan era. He has worked with Betty Davis personally. Um, so we asked him a lot of questions and we got to have a conversation with him. Yeah. He it was, was so, lovely. He was so delightful. And it was just one of those things where, like, he has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Like, it was just too many things. <laughs> That were just everything that I love. And I think that he found us, like, kind of adorable. I'm, I'm assuming so. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, Brag about it. I, I mean, I don't know. I just think he, if I were an 80-year-old person and these two women came to my house because we, we went to his house to do this. We brought him flowers, We brought too. him flowers and had just, like, such reverence for his work and, like, the time period. And clearly we, like, did our homework because, you know, we're full of fangirl facts. And... I don't know. I just like I loved it. I loved the whole experience. His wife was delightful. Like it just kind of was yeah. a little bit of a dream come true that I didn't know was a dream that I had. Yeah. So if you're interested, yeah, listen to The People versus Ryan Murphy. Mm-hmm. And also he has a memoir coming out. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Makeup Man. Yes, Makeup Man. Yeah, you can find it on Amazon. I am obsessed with him. I kind of want him to be my grandpa. I think Same. like you know, R.I.P. my actual grandpa, but I um, I just, like, want <laughs> also him. Also same. <laughs> yeah, I want him and Mary and his lovely wife to invite us to dinner and, like, just hang out at their house. Yeah. It was great. It was it was super fangirl worthy. Um, okay, are we fangirling over anything else? I think that's it. You have any fast food-related items this week? Oh, update <laughs> on the Wendy's nuggets, guys. <laughs> um, I haven't called out um, my L.A. locations yet, uh-huh. but I did read an article about cities you can still get spicy nuggets. Oh, yeah. L.A. was not listed. <gasps> so Shut I up. am worried. Oh, my God. Okay. After this, we're definitely going to, yeah. we have to call I'll, the, I'll investigate further. The Wendy's on Update Sunset next week. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. So now we get into moms? Yes. Perfect. She always says, don't play ball in the house. <laughs> okay. So right off the bat, Florence, Carol Brady, she gave us that. What a great mom. I mean, Carol Brady is easily one of the most beloved mm-hmm. TV moms of all time. Totally. Unfortunately, though, 
her passing last year was kind of the inspiration for the series. It was weirdly upsetting. Like I was. It's one of those things like the same thing with Mary Tyler Moore. I was very sort of personally affected by it in a way that I wasn't anticipating. I was shocked because I had to watch Dancing with the Stars for my job guys <laughs> and these are real jobs we have people pay us <laughs> maureen mccormick was a contestant last mm-hmm. season marcia yes marcia and she was in the audience mm-hmm. like quite a bit looking like a babe yeah she looked great and then she, like during or like right after the yeah. season ended she died she was crazy i know but i think it's actually so the way that the fans felt about her is basically how the brady kids felt about her Right. Like she Florence Henderson as Carol Brady was just sort of this beacon of like kindness. And you like watched that on screen and you were saying that like all the Brady kids, like that's how they felt about her, too. Yeah, it wasn't even just the Brady kids. It would be any kid that visited the set. She Mm -hmm. was always super welcoming and would like invite kids to her house. That kind of sounds creepy, (laughs) but it's not. And she basically wanted to play Carol as the mother she always wanted. Yeah, wasn't she like the youngest of like 11 kids or something? I think so. She's also from Indiana. Oh, hey. So is Ryan Murphy. Indiana, Indiana, just popping. You, Geniuses. You, Florence Florence Henderson and Ryan Murphy. Geniuses. Um, (laughs) But Carol Brady is this very interesting sort of combination, right? So we've moved from the 60s into the 70s. She is a housewife, but she's got a good system going on because she is a living housekeeper. She's so smart. (laughs) The smartest. So it's like, what is she doing all day? Um, She told people, I think in an interview, that she just uh, sat in her lingerie and ate bonbons all day. (laughs) That sounds delightful. I want that. But so not only is she a mother, she's a stepmom. And she's the sort of matriarch of this blended family. And, you know, so you have the boys, they're coming from the dad, the girls are hers. And they really kind of, she's making it work in this very interesting way. And it's very sort of modern and new to see anything like this on television in the early 70s. I can't stop picturing that gold wedding look Mm -hmm. that she wears with the little hat. And the veil. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's great. It's a good look for her. But she... She was very vibrant. She was very light. She was very much like the center of that family. But where I think we start to see a real shift is in her actual relationship with Mike, the dad. First of all, they're in the same bed. Huge deal. Those twin beds be gone. And she's wearing like sexy nightgowns. Yeah. And that was like pushed for that. Yeah. That was her. Right. Yeah. She wasn't totally covered all the time. And I feel like they made a lot of family decisions in bed. Like they would be chatting it up and like talking about the kids and like figuring Although out what they were going like to do. Although it seems like very goody goody at times. She wanted it to be like hu- as human as possible. Yeah. And it's like real. And right. Didn't she mm-hmm. also refuse to wear an apron? Mm-hmm. So it's like that's that's for Alice. <laughs> Alice, here's your uniform that you always wear and your apron. But me, I'm not going to wear one. Does Alice wear her apron look when she goes on a date with Sam? No. No, I've seen was her Sam in a, a different butcher? dress before. Sam was a butcher. Yeah, Sam a butcher. Yeah. You have seen her in a different dress? Yeah. Um, no, I don't think she wears that. But, I mean, that right in in and of itself is pretty modern, right? Yeah. She's like, I'm a housewife, yes, but I don't want to just be seen as this housewife. And that's a huge shift from, you know, June Cleaver or Donna Reed that it's like, this is my look. This is what I want to be seen as. And Carol Brady's like, nope. 
Speaking of her look, though, Mm -hmm. those pantsuit jumpsuits are amazing. And the hair. The hair. The shag with that flip in the back. Also, let me just take this time to remind everyone that the Brady Bunch movies are great. (laughs) There is no I'm staring at Shelley Long in our room right now. There's no one that loves the Brady Bunch more than you. And Shelley Long nails it as Carol Brady. He does. It's really great. Um, But yeah, so Carol's this kind of she's this key transition from the 60s into the 70s. And, you know, the show itself is very colorful. She is very colorful. She it now I feel like moms are kind of moving to the forefront of the story and becoming sort of the center of the show as opposed to kind of a background player. And that's for Alice's <laughs> background for, for Alice's background comedic relief. But so our next mom, our next mom, not only friends with Florence Henderson, she auditioned to be Carol Brady. What if? What if? But everything did work out in the end because we were given the gift of Shirley Jones as Shirley Partridge. <laughs> Natalie's raising the roof. <laughs> so excited. You love the Partridge yeah. family. I know I just basically plugged the Brady Bunch movies, but can I also just say I love the Partridge family? Is it weird? Should we write the Partridge family movie? Mm. No one's stealing our idea. Don't steal it. I think that would be really bad. Oh, okay. Do you remember Emma Stone was, um, she's a part of like the new Partridge family that they had like a competition show for? No. I'll show you a YouTube clip later. (laughs) It's real. Okay. But But, you loved it. No, I loved Partridge family as a kid. I had this weird obsession with the beginning of I Think I Love You. What do you mean? Like just the beginning part that's like ba <laughs> ba 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 you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, would you like loop it? Yes. Oh I would I had a Sesame Street record player and it's just just getting better and better. Okay. All I can Thanks, think of parents. now is like baby Natalie being like meep 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 and I would play that part, lift the needle, take it back to the beginning, play that part, lift the needle, take it back. Like a crazy person. Like for how long? I don't know. And just that part? You never yeah, got to the... Yeah, I was obsessed with that part. Weird. Is Can we make it a ringtone? there's a subliminal message under it. Can we change your blossom ringtone to that? That would be really good, All right, actually. we'll figure that out. Um, but so, Shirley Partridge, she's like a new emerging kind of mom, too. We've had widows on television in the past, but... Not necessarily the sort of matriarch of this huge family. Matriarch slash band leader. Well, yeah, we'll get to that. But so she's a widow. And then, you know, she's all these kids and they're in the band, but she's also in the band. So she's not just like a momager, a.k.a. Yeah. Like, like Although Chris I Jenner. think she's the OG momager. 100%. She's absolutely the OG she's momager. She's making sure, you know, they have a normal life. They're yes. going to school. She's doing it all. Which doing is, it all. She's doing it all, which is a first on television, right? Like she's running this household. She's in the band. She's got her own career. She's looking amazing. Killing it with ruffles. Oh my gosh. And those eyelashes all the time. Like she didn't age from the music man until this point. Like she's looking great. And like everyone wants to talk about David Cassidy and like what a teen like idol and heartthrob he was, which he kind of was. But Shirley Jones is just looking like a total mom babe. Oh, uh, thing I didn't know, some of you might know this, but I had no idea, um, that Shirley Jones was actually married to David Cassidy's dad. Uh-huh. 
I had no idea. Yeah. Like on the show, they were she was his stepmom in, in real life. life. And she did not know he was auditioning for the show. Right. And he but they had like a very sort of close relationship, but they were they were almost more like friends because he was older when she married uh, his dad. And so yeah. it wasn't like necessarily like super motherly relationship. Yeah. That um, marriage did not last, by the way. But they kept in touch. No, They're but still it, good. Yeah, it seems like they were—everyone was very sort of—so actually she got divorced from David's husband right the year the Partridge family ended mm-hmm. in 1974. So Partridge family and Brady Bunch cross over almost the entire time, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, she's she was just delightful, and she, all of her kids were, like, kind of a mess. I mean, just dealing with Danny Bonaducci in general had to have been sort of a nightmare. <laughs> she, like, keeps it all together, and her her kids loved her— much like every other kid in America. So crazy. This People, is actually a crazy yeah, story. Kids actually ran away from home to find Shirley Jones and say, I want to join the band. I can play this instrument. And she was like, hey, this, this is fake. A, yeah, this is not real. And would buy them a ticket, like call their parents, buy them a ticket home. Could you imagine? <laughs> no. But, I mean, that's a testament to her as a mom on television. Like, she was having it all. She was filling these holes and these gaps that, like, kids probably weren't seeing from their real mom. It seemed like she was Wonder Woman because she was just doing everything and keeping everything together. And, again, stress it, looking like a babe. Yeah. I'm very impressed. Did you know she was um, suppo- supposed to be the only one that sang? What do you mean? Really? Yeah, originally, but then David Cassidy showed up, and they were like, you need to be the heartthrob. With his beautiful feathered hair. Yeah. It was beautifully feathered. Mm-hmm. 70s look. I, you know, people want to shit on the 70s all the time, but I like it. I like that look. Yeah, I like that style. People want to shit on that. That's my all-time favorite decade, <laughs> and every year I'm inching closer and closer to feathered hair. That's all I want. All right. Well, good to know. So we've, <laughs> good to know. we've okay. gone from Carol into 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 Shirley Jones and just kind of moms are becoming so much more than, you know, they'd been in the fifties and sixties. And then I don't want to say this is like a left turn, but I don't know that she necessarily like fits the same mold as Carol Brady um, and Shirley Partridge. But another standout seventies mom is actually Edith Bunker from all in the family. And it's a little bit different, right? Because like her daughter was grown up, she was married and, like, her husband was a total pain in the ass. Um, and she was, like, she was kind of a ditz. Yeah, I think, like, on the surface she seemed a little yeah. ditzy mm-hmm. and maybe even annoying at times in the beginning. Uh-huh. But there's there's so much more to her character than that. Yeah. She kind of was the glue when, that yes. held the family together. Yes. Remember when she was sexually assaulted? So, so dramatic. And, I mean, all in the family, I remember as a kid being, like, This show is offensive and, like, not getting it. And that was the point. And it it was very satirical and it was not afraid to, like, push push the envelope and just sort of push people's buttons. And Archie was meant to be this character that was like, look at this buffoon. Like, how does he still feel this way? But a lot of people still felt that way. A lot of people still feel that way. And it kind of, like, shine, you know, shone the spotlight on on all different aspects of, you know, America but Edith was kind of in the middle being like, I got this, guys. Like, I'm loyal. Like, I've got it. Whatever. It's funny that she is kind of like a standout on the show because when I was looking into it on Wikipedia, like, 
all the things she went through. I'm oh going my gosh. to list them. Okay. Okay. <laughs> she went through menopause in right? the second season. She discovers a lump in her breast just before Christmas in season four. It's not the Christmas present you want. Sexually assaulted, nearly raped on her 50th birthday in the eighth season. Tough. And in season nine, she gets laryngitis. <laughs> that feels like a lower, yeah, like lower down. Just, just something, you know, like you got to be sick. Just a casual. Quick. And Can't then talk. the first episode of the second season of Archie Bunker's Place reveals, you know, Eve died from a stroke. So she really couldn't win, though. No, but again, this is kind of, you know, what we've been talking about. Like, you think about June Cleaver, you think about Donna Reed, like, they are very much kind of one note, right? It's like caretaker, wholesome, keeping the family together. Edith is now at the center of this family's story, and she's getting meaty scenes. She's getting, you know, things are happening to her. Things are happening around her. Like, we're seeing her not only as a mom, but as a real person that— With horrible luck. With horrible luck, but also, you know, is an incredibly kind, thoughtful— weirdly wise like considering how kind of ditzy she comes across she always kind of had had a a way of setting Archie straight and and kind of keeping the family yeah on track Archie I feel like couldn't get through a day without her no that scene after she dies like I don't want to take the attention away from Edith but that scene where Archie's alone talking I can't we have a clip of it, right? Yeah, we do. Okay. Wasn't supposed to be like this, you know. I was supposed to be the first one to go. I know I always used to kid you. Are you going first? You know I never meant none of that. And in that morning when you was laying there, I was shaking you and yelling at you to go down and fix my breakfast. I didn't know. You had no right to leave me that way. Without giving me just one more chance. Say I love. <laughs> <laughs> really shows the love for Edith, you know. Yeah, I mean, he was a lot of things, but she was an amazing woman, and he really loved it. And like the love for Edith in the show in general was so real. That show had two major spinoffs. I know, Maude <laughs> and the Jeffersons. Actually, most people would probably. I think most people would probably only know that the Jeffersons was a spinoff because Maude yeah. is Edith's cousin, maybe. Uh, Something like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, B. Arthur. Back check. Back check. Looking great. Um, Such great gifts, though. Maude and the Jeffersons? Yes. Yeah. I mean, Wheezy alone we could have included in our moms. My family had a cat named Wheezy. Named after Wheezy? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, perfect. I was a child, so I wanted Winnie, as in Winnie Cooper, but that's Wheezy's better. cat's name. Oh. oh. Hey, Meredith. Um, Okay, so by the end of the 70s, moms were no longer the secondary characters, right? Do you agree with that? Yeah. They definitely played an important role in the show and in the lives of their children. And just they had 
kind of transcended motherhood in, in some ways. Not to mention the 80s mom reflects like a working girl motif. Yes, absolutely. We're talking power suits and tennis shoes. Uh, and shoulder pads, guys. I mean, that, that look, <laughs> like that power suit and those tennis shoes. I wish I was wearing it right now. I know. Um, but it feels so much more powerful. <laughs> instead of your like tank top that you're wearing. <laughs> yeah. um, but seriously, this is the era that gives us one of my personal favorite TV moms. And I think I think most people would agree with me when I say that she's in the top five, top five TV moms of all time. Claire That's, Huxtable. Right? Yeah. How much Cosby show did you watch as a kid? Not enough, honestly. Mm-hmm. It honestly... It holds up. Like, if you watch... It does. And it's tough I watched now. a lot of clips it's, last week. It's real tough with Bill Cosby now. Ugh. I know. Ruining it. Ugh. But... The, the whole time? The whole time. <laughs> it's it's tough. It's a dark... It's a dark cloud Ugh. over an American treasure. But Claire... Whew, I mean, so when we talk about, you know, kind of who our moms are, my mom definitely has a little bit of Claire Huxtable in her. Ooh. I know, which I feel like what is a, a compliment. huge compliment. Yeah. Someone I'm said saving that to me. my mom reveal for the last for episode. For the last episode. Yeah. I feel like my mom's got, she's got combos of people, but she definitely has some Claire Huxtable in her. So first of all, you know, the, the Cosby show was kind of groundbreaking one for showing sort of an upper class black family in America in the 80s. Cliff's the doctor. He's a... He's an OBGYN, mm-hmm. yeah, and she's a lawyer. But didn't you tell me, like, the original pilot, she was supposed to be, like, a plumber? They were no, supposed to be— No, he was supposed to be a plumber. Oh, what was okay. she supposed to be? I don't I can't, remember. But they were not supposed to be upper class. Yeah. And Bill's actual wife— Camille. Camille. Thanks, Camille. Thanks, Camille. You knew some shit was going down. You did something, right? Yeah. Um, Camille suggests that they should be more representative of, like, their actual family and that— you know, why not make a, why not make them this upper class, you know, black family? And it was kind of something that people hadn't seen before. But what also really people hadn't seen before is that Claire and Cliff are true partners. And almost in a way where like Claire runs that house. And like Cliff's a doctor, he's very intelligent, very well educated, but Claire can like run circles around. Do you him. know how she got the role? No, actually. During her audition, audition, mm-hmm. I'm done. <laughs> During her audition, uh, she was doing a scene with Theo uh-huh. and gla- made like a mom glare that was so perfect. Bill Cosby was like, this is the one. Because she has that mom glare. Yeah. I mean. She has it down. She was a no bullshit at all. So the reason she's a little bit like my mom is because, one, she's like a working mom. She's gone a lot. You know, and they have five kids. Like, that's a lot of kids to have yeah. in one house. And for both of you to be working, they didn't have a nanny. Like, we never saw any of that stuff. No Alice they didn't, there. No Alice. No housekeeper that we ever saw. Um, what they did have a lot of were their grandparents. I loved that. Cosby Show was very multi-generational. And it kind of, you know, it kind of showed some new sides to motherhood. But so she's this working mom. She's no bullshit. She does not have time for you to, like, feel sorry for yourself, which is very definitely my mother. Um, but she was always, like, could put somebody into place. Hi, Mrs. Huxtable. Hello, Elvin. Is Sandra ready? Well, uh, not yet, but she'll be down in a little while. Would you and Dr. Huxtable like some coffee? Coffee? Yeah, coffee. You mean you're going to get it? Yes. You're surprised? I'm sorry, Mrs. Huxtable. I didn't think you did that kind of thing. What kind of thing? You know, serve. Serve whom? Serve him. Oh, serve him. 
as in serve your man? Well, yeah. Let me tell you something, Elvis. <laughs> you see, I am not serving Dr. Huxtable, okay? Okay. That's the kind of thing that goes on in a restaurant. Now, I'm going to bring him a cup of coffee, just like he brought me a cup of coffee this morning. And that, young man, is what marriage is made of. It is give and take 50-50. And if you don't get it together and drop these macho attitudes, you are never going to have anybody bringing you anything, anywhere, anyplace, anytime, ever. Very feminist, too. Very, very feminist. Love that. And also very, um, like, you know, sort of advancing of, like, black women, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she she stuck up. For herself, she stuck up for other people. Amazing. But she's still so very caring. It's not like she's this like hard as a rock, tough as nails woman. Like she loves her children and she cares for her children. But she's very much yeah. like tough love. And I will say, we kind of talked about this a little bit with Shirley Partridge, but now Clara Huxtable is very much like women can have it all yeah she's aspirational she's very aspirational and she made it look uh i'm not gonna say easy because there's definitely a lot of times where i think the huxtable house was very chaotic but it didn't seem like she had a lot of professional help in the way of nannies housekeepers all of those things and it could be a little tough because this is kind of very much in the 80s when women start to feel like they can have it all and it also then gets a little i'm very convinced they had a secret nanny or like maybe not a nanny, but at least a housekeeper. Probably. I it's mean, a big house. It's a big house. It's like at least three yeah, to four levels. There's a lot happening. There's a lot going on. It's and bothering me. Like you're talking. <laughs> I'm just thinking about like how no, did she keep this? Doesn't add up. Is Cliff cleaning? Who's cleaning? <laughs> Those kids. They should probably put the kids to work. Yeah. Chores. Mean, chores. A lot of chores. Do your chores. Another mom in the '80s that kind of is of the same vein is Maggie Seaver on I'm, Growing Pains. I did not watch the show. What were you doing? I don't know. You just, like, weren't into it? R.I.P. Alan Thicke, too. It was a oh. tough year last year. 2016 was a was nightmare. Was that this year? No. 16. It 17? Was... Ooh. Tough. I think it was 16. Anyway, but Maggie was very similar, so she worked outside the home as well. She was actually a journalist. And, like, a total boss, she made the dad work at home. He was a therapist, but the clients, like, came to their house, and so there was always a parent at home. Same thing. That sounds weird, though, having... Being a therapist well, and having like, your patients come over. It wasn't like in the living room. It was kind of how Cliff had his practice at home, too. It was like in the basement. It was, they had a separate entrance. I don't know. OBGYN in the basement. <laughs> very safe. Yeah, now, that now that I think about what it, it's very, yeah. very Stockholm Syndrome. Very creepy. Uh, <laughs> very human centipede. Yeah. Ugh. Rough. Rough <laughs> reference. Um, but so, yeah. So 80s moms are like, 80s moms are now like boss ladies, right? And who is a bigger boss lady than Sophia Petrella? Like, golden girls. Golden girls. Thank you, Sophia, for being a friend. Nice. I see what you did there. Um, what is Sophia's backstory? Like, how did this even come to fruition? Um, if those of you who don't watch the Golden Girls, it's on Hulu. It's on Hulu now. I want to do, like, a full I watch. know. There's some really, I know I haven't seen every episode. There are some really great um, Golden Girls podcasts out there, too. Yeah, like, there's actually one I want to see that's this Thursday, but I'm probably not going to make it. Okay. <laughs> Just so you guys know so, my life. Sophia's backstory. Um, no, her backstory, she suffered a stroke and went to a retirement home. The retirement home caught fire. With, that's some Edith Bunker luck. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Which is why she moves in with Dorothy. Which, by the way, 
First of all, Dorothy, B. Arthur, why does she look younger on the Golden Girls than she did on Maude? Something about B. Arthur and Angela Lansbury mm-hmm. and maybe Betty White, too. Yeah. They've looked 60 for at least 40 years. For sure. <laughs> and it's a little disturbing because on the Golden Girls, I think they're only in their mid-50s to, like, it 60. It makes no sense with the hair. They all look so much older. It mm-hmm. felt a lot older. I love B. Arthur, though. Love B. Arthur. But so... Anyway, Sophia. Yes. That's what we're talking about. She moves in with her girls. And and her daughter, like, grown woman, obviously, mm-hmm. in their 50s. Yep. But she still kind of, you know, runs the house with her sassy remarks and so comic sassy. relief. Yes. She very... She's very much in charge, but then sometimes, like, Dorothy has to kind of, like, parent her a little bit. So there's, like, this very interesting, like, role reversal that happens. But then Sophie is very much, like, the mom for Blanche and um, Betty White, same thing. Like, it's—I don't know. She she just feels like this old Italian, like, matriarch— that's just not taking any yeah. shit from anybody, which I aspire to be. And I'm not Italian. Actually, I'm Italian, but like, whatever. It's uh, <laughs> no big deal. I have, no, I have the smallest family. I can't be a matriarch of a huge Italian yeah. family. But um, she just, she's just a boss in every way, you know. But she's this like 75 year old lady. I, I love know. it. And it's kind of a progressive show mm-hmm. because it's for older women and yep. it's super funny. Yeah. And it's not just about like, I'm old. No. But having said that, one thing that stands out for me, this isn't about being a mom. I'm making an awkward face because I, I know what you're going to say. It's so uncomfortable. Ooh. But they were not afraid to fat shame on this show. Sophia in particular. Oh, there is a about, scene. Yeah, when Blanche's daughter Blanche's comes. Blanche's daughter comes Ooh. to town. Rough. I have it for you. Okay. Hi. You're Blanche's daughter, the model. <laughs> She model car covers. You'll have to forgive my mother. It's just that we didn't expect you to be this fat. Yeah. <laughs> Becky, it's it's a pleasure meeting you. I'm Dorothy. This is Rose, Hi. and this is my mother, Sophia. That's uh, nice to meet y'all. So, Becky, what brings you to Miami? My guest is a small barge. <laughs> Ma, why don't you see what's keeping Blanche? Mama! Rebecca! Oh, honey! Honey! Ooh. It's painful. It's not great. So mean. So it's like women in general are like making progress on TV, particularly in the role of being a mother. And then there's still stuff like this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like, be okay with me being an older woman on TV as long as I'm not fat, right? Ugh. I mean. Gross. Wow. That was that was well said. It's true. Or like unattractive. Same thing. Yeah. Ugh. Um, the other thing about Sophia, though, is like Sophia gets a, a spinoff. She, yeah. <laughs> she appears in two of the spinoffs yeah. from Golden Girls. Shady Pines and The Golden Palace. I'm not familiar with these spinoffs. I'm not either. But The Golden Palace, first of all. Same theme song, Rude. different singer. Rude. No, no, not acceptable. Mm-mm. Two, Don Cheadle. What? <laughs> I learned so much last week. You did. You watched a lot of really great clips of, of television shows. Um, so essentially, you know, Sophia's bringing 
an abundant amount of sass. And I feel like she's a really good transition then into kind of like our late 80s, 90s moms. You may have heard of her. Roseanne Barr. Anyone? Uh, I can't wait to dig into <laughs> some Roseanne. You know, she's like so sassy. So sassy. Um, but I feel like we have to we have to wait. We can't jump into Roseanne yeah. right we now. We have to too. keep the people wanting more. Yeah. You know? Do they want it? You know what, guys? We're going to give it to y'all anyway. So get ready. Um, okay. So we did this last week. I think we should do it too. Uh, what about like rerun moms of the same area? Area? Era? Will you re-explain this concept? Yes. Because I'm pretty sure I only confuse people more in the 50s and 60s episode. Okay. So a rerun mom is a mom that was portrayed in the past but being played in the present. And we have a couple of examples. Um, but what about who do you have for the 70s? Um, I chose Kitty Foreman oh. for that 70s show. Good one. <clears throat> I'm not sure if she's like the perfect '70s mom, but I just love watching her. Cause she, Kitty's a housewife. Yeah, she's a housewife. She's super giggly, very she, caring, a little crazy. She's a little Edith Bunker. A little, actually, it's a pretty decent comparison, I think. Yeah, because I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, Red's with Red too. An asshole. He's like a kind of curmudgeony, but still lovable at heart. Um, why do you think? Why do you think maybe she's not a good? 70s mom or representative of of what was going on in the 70s well for me that show it's very 70s but very 90s yeah does that make sense it does mm -hmm. so even though it has like the costuming is great and the set design but it's still very like just 90s comes across so yeah. it's hard for me to get past it mm -hmm. but that's really the only reason and so then why do you think she might actually be a good representative of 70s moms I mean, what we just talked about, that Edith Bunker comparison. Mm -hmm. Also, experimenting with weed <laughs> in some episodes, you know? Yeah. She was she was trying to figure stuff out. Yeah. Very much like like an Edith or even like a like a Carol Brady a little bit, kind of like navigating some new waters. And I think you have a mom for the 80s. I do. Um, do you watch The Goldbergs on ABC? I have seen a few episodes, okay. yes. So I actually really like it. And... You know, so it's set in the 80s, and the whole the whole show is always it's kind of 1980 something. You never know like exactly what year it is. Uh, and Beverly Goldberg is. I don't think she's necessarily a good representation of 80s moms in the comparison of like a Maggie Seaver, Claire Huxtable. Like she's a housewife, which is fine. She very definitely runs that house. Um, but I, I think that you could kind of take her out of her 80s clothing and she could be a mom today. She could be a mom in the yeah. 90s. Like That's how I feel. I've, like I've only seen a few episodes, yeah. but that's the vibe I get. I don't know that she's being – she's totally representative of what was going on in the 80s um, in that sort of like aspirational women can have it all. Yeah. Although she does – she just is a force. She like pushes her way into anything that she wants and she's incredibly – loyal and like will do anything for her children but she's almost like a, a caricature and, and that's why you end up liking her but as a as a reflection of what was going on in the 80s I don't think she's actually the, the best yeah. representative. She does rock a good 80s sweatsuit though. Oh man the the styling and the costuming on that show like those people I don't know where they get those sweaters because she always has like some sort of bedazzled sweater and they're probably like made. I think they probably are. I want to know the people. The people that are making them. Um, 
Okay, so we did it? it. We did it. Yeah. All right. Uh, get ready for next week as we talk about TV moms from the 90s and 2000s where we really shine. I mean, this one was tough. We'll, yeah. we'll get into it next week. But I mean, we're going to start off with Roseanne. So, you know, the bar is going to be high right there. Uh, so until next week, guys, you know, as always, if you have any comments or concerns, did we miss any any of your favorite moms in the 70s and 80s? You can drop us a line at hellofangirls at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram mm-hmm. at FGF Podcast. Nope, that's nope, Twitter. That's Twitter. <laughs> Never gonna get it right. Fangirl it's, Fridays what is it, like podcast. nineteen episodes. And I still don't know. Fangirl Fridays Podcast on Instagram. It seems so long for Instagram. I know, but they let us have it. All so right, well, that's what we wanted. Find us there. Yeah, or wherever. And guys, we're still looking for that thirtieth review. My yeah. OCD needs it. Help yeah. me. Rate, review, subscribe. Tell your friends. Yeah, all those good things. So until next Friday, guys. Bye. Bye.